1: Locked On
3: Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
2: The Rams get the win of the season so far. Two in a row for the Chiefs. Well, two losses, that is. Plus, what are three big stories you need from week three in the NFL? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
1: Searching all major sports. Found.
3: Let's start with the biggest story.
2: The LA Rams, one of the preseason sexy picks. Not even a dark horse pick because everyone was picking them to be this monster team this season. They get the win of the young season. They take down the Super Bowl champions 34-24 at SoFi Stadium in LA. Joining me now from Locked On Rams, Sosa Kermendras and Sosa, this offense with, with Matthew Stafford, he throws four touchdowns. They have been brilliant to start the season. What were they able to do against this
4: vaunted Buccaneers defense that made them so successful in this game? yeah, you know, what was funny about this game in terms of the offense, it felt like everything the Rams ran worked. I mean, there was receivers (laughs) running all over the field wide open, whether that was Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, somebody else. Uh, And then you look at the offensive line where it all starts, of course, and they had an absolutely brilliant performance. I mean, Matthew Stafford had all the time you could ever ask for in the pocket. Uh, He was going through his reads play after play with no issues whatsoever. They did give up one sack at the end of the game there, which was sort of, you know, a kind of not a BS sack but you know something that it just kind of shows up on the box score not not something that anyone's really going to be concerned about so really they just had a brilliant game plan wide receivers running great routes and it felt like pretty much everything they tried in this game worked the only time they were really ever stopped in this game was early in the contest when they were shooting themselves in the foot when they were you know kind of errant passes and things where they just couldn't hook up with each other there were two more touchdowns that were left on the field there where Deshaun Jackson might have scored a 65 yard and a 45 yard touchdown so Uh, Everything seemed to work for the Rams in this one. I think they feel pretty good about their offensive performance. Yeah, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. He goes for three
2: catches, 120 yards and a touchdown in what is really the most Deshaun Jackson line that, that you could possibly imagine. Lost in all of this, I think, will be the defensive performance. They hold the Buccaneers really to 17 points when the game was still in doubt. The the Buccaneers get a late touchdown for cosmetic purposes. But but really, when the game was there to be won, they held this Bucs offense in check. And this Bucs offense, they found their stride late last season and then have come out really strong this season. What was it about what the Rams were doing today and
4: how they played that was able to, to, to really put the clamps on this Bucs offense? Yeah, it was kind of shocking, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be both teams sort of going in this shootout back and forth, 30-plus points from both teams. But uh, defensively, the Rams did a really good job. You start with the back end. Of course, their coverage was really solid, uh, from Jalen Ramsey, of course, to guys like Darius Williams and David Long, as well as the safeties. They were involved in a lot of man coverage in this contest, of course, covering guys like Rob Gronkowski. So a very solid job by those guys and the guys up front, the defensive line. They blitzed a lot in this game. There was a lot of stunts going up front. They were trying to do everything they could possibly to confuse Tom Brady, which is, you know, a task that's probably impossible at this point. The guy's been in the NFL for so long, but all in all, just a really solid performance. They did get maybe a little bit of help from the Bucs as well. You know, some drop passes and things like that. Some penalties on third and seven, that takes it to third and 12, a lot harder to convert. Uh, So a little bit of help, but all in all, you know, they kept the Bucs in check by not allowing any deep plays or any big, chunk plays really and that's really what they've tried to do over the last two seasons from Brandon Staley to now under Raheem Morris and uh, you got to feel pretty good about their ability to keep everything in front and sort of just run up and tackle so that's really what they've prioritized as a defense and so far through three games uh, they've done a really good job at it.
2: Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey your new home for music news sports and podcasts download the Odyssey app today coming up two in a row for the Chiefs well two losses
1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
3: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
2: 37 seconds to win the game and Aaron Rodgers did it. He got the ball back after the San Francisco 49ers Got the go-ahead points. They went up 28-27 and just over half a minute left for Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and company to try and make magic. And make magic they did. They gained 42 yards on the final drive. Two passes to Devontae Adams got them in position for Mason Crosby to kick the game winner as time expired. The Packers get a 30 to 28 win in an absolute thriller. The Ravens were in a typical letdown spot against the Lions on Sunday, coming off their monster win against the Chiefs last week. But not only did they win, they made history.
1: The Baltimore Ravens win a thriller in Detroit during week three. This is Kevin Ostreicher of the Locked on Ravens podcast. The Ravens beat the Lions 19 to 17 on the leg of Justin Tucker, who nailed a 66 yard field goal that breaks the record for the longest field goal in NFL history. The ball hit off from the crossbar and ended up going in and pandemonium ensued for the Ravens on Ford Field with celebration. Now there are definitely some things to clean up on in this game, penalties, drops, tackling, But this game did look bleak for the Ravens and resiliency was once again the key theme as Lamar Jackson and Sammy Watkins connected on a fourth and 19 play on that final drive that set Tucker up for his game winning field goal. The Ravens now head to Denver in week four to take on the undefeated Denver Broncos.
2: We are entering the final week of the Major League Baseball regular season and the Yankees and Red Sox are still fighting for a wild card spot.
3: This is Stacy Gotsoulias of Locked On Yankees and the Yankees completed a three game sweep of the Boston Red Sox in Fenway Park and they are now in sole possession of the number one wild card spot in the American League. This is a big deal. The Yankees needed to sweep the series, They swept it with the help of Giancarlo Stanton, who had three home runs and 10 runs batted in the entire weekend. The other three Yankees to do that against the Red Sox in a three-game span, Mickey Mantle in 1954, Lou Gehrig in 1931, and Babe Ruth in 1927. That's pretty good company. Anyway, good pitching, iffy defense, (laughs) timely hitting. They were four for five with runners in scoring position on Sunday night. That is unheard of for the Yankees. They also got aided by some bad Joe West calls.
2: Over the weekend, the Dodgers were trying to keep pace with the Giants in the NL West, but the Giants swept the Rockies and the Dodgers only took two of three from the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers now sit two games back of the Giants. The U.S. handed Europe its worst defeat in Ryder Cup history, beating the Euros 19-9. The 19 points scored were the most since the Ryder Cup changed its format and the U.S. team was absolutely dominant at whistling straights. It was Steve Stricker's home course in a way. He is, of course, from Wisconsin. And all of this, it must be said, came on a day when the Brewers... Clinched the division, the Packers won, and the hometown boy, Steve Stricker, leads the U.S. to a win, not only on U.S. soil, but on Wisconsin soil. The WNBA semifinals are set, and there will not be a repeat champion this season.
3: Hey, basketball fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here live from Angel of the Winds Arena where the Seattle Storm took the Phoenix Mercury to overtime but eventually fell to Diana Taurasi, Brittany Griner, and Skylar Diggins-Smith 85-80 as they were the top seed. They are knocked out, eliminated from contention, no repeat for the defending 2020 champions. In addition, the Minnesota Lynx were knocked out by the Chicago Sky, meaning that the WNBA semifinal matchups are set. The Chicago Sky will travel to the number one seed, the Connecticut Sun, and the Phoenix Mercury will travel to the Las Vegas Aces.
2: That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for next on betonline.ag. Week three isn't quite over yet, but here are some lines for week four. The big one. We will spend all week talking about Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Coming off the Bucs loss to the Rams, they are still 7.5-point favorites against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You know Bill is thinking about that. The AFC North leading Cincinnati Bengals. No, I did not read that wrong. The AFC North leading Cincinnati Bengals kickoff week four on Thursday night against the winless Jacksonville Jaguars. The BetOnline.ag line for this game is Cincinnati giving 75 points the Carolina Panthers are 3-0. and The Dallas Cowboys are 1-1 and play tonight against the Eagles on Monday night. Football, the BetOnline.ag line for this game, has the Cowboys' five-point favorites against the undefeated Panthers. For all your football gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code locked On for your 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts
3: is another story you need to know
2: on Sunday Patrick Mahomes threw as many interceptions as the Kansas City Chiefs now have losses that's two and that always seems like two too many given how awesome Patrick Mahomes is and how good this Kansas City Chiefs team at least was supposed to be coming into the season joining me now from On Chiefs Ryan Tracy and and Ryan in this 30 to 24 loss that the Chiefs sustained on Sunday afternoon it was the defense that seemed to, yet again, hold this Chiefs team back, along with, of course, those turnovers. What has, what has, if anything, been the most alarming to you about how the Chiefs have started this season? It just
0: seems to be an inconsistency. This was a game that the defense did give up too much, but it wasn't the same as they did, say, last week or the week before. They did face some better running teams in weeks one and two, but they seemed to get that corralled. And then they had other things pop up. There's some communication problems on the back end. They can't seem to get a complete performance out of the defense. I think the staff is struggling to find the proper motivation techniques. Uh, There's a safety on this roster that should be on the field that is not currently. Uh, We don't know what's going on with that. Obviously, the prime uh, linebacker, Willie Gay, is still out. He should return this coming week. That should give them a lift in the middle of the field, and we'll have to see what happens. But... The end of the day, you get the ball away four times. The defense can't really help you with that. Yeah,
2: and and so offensively, this was a team that you know Sammy Watkins out the door, McCole Hardman potentially taking a, a bigger step in here offensively. It seems weird to say they went out and they spent all this money and on the offensive line. D- did the Chiefs need some more weapons? I mean, this has been part of the conversation here.
0: But what is what is ailing this offense, if anything? Really, it's the fact that I think everyone forgets that, other than the three stars, there's a lot of new on this particular offense. Like you said, they spent a lot of money on the offensive yeah. line, but it's five new starters all the way around. Um, no errant snaps this week. We like that. Uh, couldn't say that about last week, so that did change <laughs> things. And uh, and when the the secondary receivers, meaning not Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, when they didn't quite get going, the tight end group did step up because the Chiefs have four tight ends on their roster. Every one of them made a catch, and so. I think it's a bit, again, a whack-a-mole trying to figure out who's going to step up this week. And I think what the staff feels is that as long as someone does and gives them another option that isn't 10 or 87, they feel they can get something done. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was better on the ground, thought the offensive line was responsible for that in large part. But so was just the general attitude of going out and being aggressive. And I think that will pay off in coming weeks
2: what is your concern level of of what has what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes this is a guy who over the first 3 years of his career he he likes to take these high risk high reward kind of opportunities and and he has almost always rewarded the chiefs with them so far this season we've seen a little bit more of that risk turn into some negative plays of course you know one of them took an outstanding play from the rookie Asante Samuel Jr but but what are you seeing from Mahomes that that you think might, might need to, to turn around. Because I'm, I'm looking at a guy who might be forcing
0: it a little bit, might be pressing a little bit. In a very different way, but you're absolutely right. Super Bowl, he got everything taken away from him deep. He pressed too much there. He was looking for the deep ball. Now he understands that where he has to go is in that intermediate range, maybe even all the way back to the line of scrimmage, although I don't think he's ever going to do that with much haste. He's struggling with the fact that he's <laughs> reined in, and it's not his instinct to deliver the ball to that area. And he's going to fight it here for a couple of weeks.
2: Chiefs coach Andy Reid left Arrowhead Stadium and was transported to a local hospital system after feeling ill following the game, according to the team. Reid was treated for dehydration, and he is expected to be fine. Coming up, what were three stories you need from week three in the NFL? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, our limited time flavor, cookie dough chunk all of the limited flavors have been absolutely unbelievable uh we had grasshopper cookie that is my personal favorite coconut brownie um another uh, top two top two not two i don't know maybe they're tied for first unbelievable flavors to go with your base flavors your peanut butter brownies your double chocolates your salted caramels your coconut almonds your cherries your raspberries your coconuts everything is high in protein high in fiber low in net carbs and low in sugar do i know how they make them taste so good no i don't But I do know that they do taste so good. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason... If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day.
2: As usual in the NFL Week 3, not without its drama and, of course, We have a lot of that in today's show. Join me now to hit some other high points. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints and, of course, Locked On NFL. Ross, as you look around the league this week, the rookie quarterbacks were a big storyline coming in. Justin Fields getting his first start. Zach Wilson, who I always want to call Kyle Wilson, coming off the disastrous performance against the New England Patriots. Uh, This has been a group that we were like, hey, They're ready. This might be the first class ever where everyone is good. And it turns out... Maybe not. Not
1: great, Peter. Yeah, no these uh, <laughs> these, these quarterbacks uh, on their rookie season so far not looking great. Mac Jones throwing a pair of interceptions, uh, excuse me, three interceptions against the New Orleans Saints. You have Zach Wilson who's thrown six interceptions over the last uh, two weeks. Sixty-eight total passing yards in Justin Fields' first start. Sacked nine times as well, going up against that Cleveland Browns pass rush and Trevor Lawrence, number one overall selection. Not a very steady day himself, one touchdown, but two interceptions and a 68.1 pass rating. So far, these four quarterbacks that you saw drafted very early. And then you can also take a look at Davis Mills, who had, you know, went out there with the uh, Houston Texans and a losing effort for Thursday night football, struggling so far in their first season. There's always an adjustment period, of course, but not necessarily what you had hoped for guys that, as you mentioned, you thought were going to be pro ready coming into the NFL.
2: Yeah. And and just a word of caution there. Rookies are rookies and almost all rookies are bad, even if they turn out to be good players. So do not get it twisted. We are not saying these guys all are trash now. They just are not (laughs) what we hoped they would be. And that is ready to go right now. Some teams ready to go right now that we thought maybe a year or two away, a couple AFC teams really caught your attention. What did you see in week three?
1: Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals sitting on top or at least tied for the top of the AFC North with the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Pittsburgh Steelers at the bottom of that division, but the Cincinnati Bengals being up there. Joe Burrow, the connection with Jamar Chase. Turns out Jamar Chase can catch and ended up reeling in two touchdowns on Sunday in their big win. Over the Pittsburgh Steelers, another AFC team that stood out to me, though, the Denver Broncos three and oh, Teddy Bridgewater career high average depth of target. That's how far downfield he's throwing his passes 9.9 yards on average. Well ahead of any of his career numbers up to this point, Teddy Bridgewater, Denver Broncos looking really good over in that AFC West where you have the uh, Kansas City Chiefs at the bottom of that division, surprisingly, so far to start off the year.
2: Another thing that is unfortunately unavoidable, the longer we go into the season, the more it happens, injuries again piling up and, and some of them key injuries.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A.J. Brown, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, ended up exiting the first quarter of his game, eventually ruled out up against the Colts. Quentin Nelson uh, carted off of the field. James White, the a duplicitous running back. He could do everything. <laughs> you know Anything you need the guy to do, he'll do it for you. He ended up being carted off with a hip injury for the uh, New England Patriots. You see guys like Cam Robinson, who suffered a right shoulder injury, so on and so forth. Even some rookies, Greg Newsome, exiting with a calf injury. And the New York Giants in both of their receivers, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, both of them exiting early and rolled out in the first quarter with hamstring injuries. Like you said, the longer that the season goes along, the more of these injuries you see, but some key injuries to watch already early on here, just three weeks into the NFL season.
2: Yeah. And that includes Christian McCaffrey, who had to leave Thursday night's game as well. I say that as someone who has CMC in multiple fantasy leagues, uh, but more importantly, I hope that, that he gets back. Uh, 200% health uh, for his for his health reasons, not for my fantasy yes. football
1: team reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I've got him on two leagues myself. So, you know, it makes me want to root for him a little bit more. But obviously, he was coming back from his big injury from last season that kept yeah. him out for most of the year in 2020. Wanted to see him get back to health here in 2021, especially to help out new quarterback Sam Darnold in Carolina, who, by the way, those Panthers sitting atop the NFC South, who called that before the uh, the season, probably Panthers fans. And that's about it.
2: Julian Council only. And finally, there is no better time to go streaking in Major League Baseball than in the fall. The St. Louis Cardinals beat the Chicago Cubs 4-2 on Sunday, extending their win streak to an incredible 16 games in a row. Their streak is the longest in franchise history and has turned the National League wildcard race into a non-story in September. Though the Cardinals haven't clinched the number two spot just yet, they are comfortably ahead of the field and are eyeing a wild card matchup against either the LA Dodgers or San Francisco Giants next week. The streak is also the longest in the majors since Cleveland took 22 in a row in 2017 and the best in the National League since the New York Giants won 16 straight in 1951. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Tuesday, the Cowboys and Eagles fight on Monday night to prove the NFC East isn't all terrible. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.